For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, David Williams. I got Candace. I got Isaac. The Memphis Grizzlies are guaranteed the two seed in the Western Conference. Shout out to Mike Budenholzer doing a solid for Taylor Jenkins. I don't care what anybody says. You will not convince me that Budenholzer wasn't like, ah, hey, let me toss you a bone on this one. <laughs> Grizzlies win 137 to 114. Against the bench mob for the Bucks, I don't know how much weight I'm putting into any. Like Jaron looks incredible right now, heading into the playoffs. Thirty six points. Like there are a ton of positives from this game, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting a lot of weight into it because this was definitely uh, the Bucks have locked up their seating, so they're just kind of mailing it in at this point. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's that's sort of a takeaway. I know a lot of people were panicking that first half when, uh, you know, Bucks were on a heater. They were on a heater that first half. But, you know, first half heaters don't scare me as much as long as the team's still in the game. I kind of tweeted that out. And I, I wasn't really too worried about it because I just did. I mean, one, I know Jay Crowder. I, I know he's a guy that can be real streaky. So I would have just been surprised if he would have been to come out and do that in the second half. Um, And, and then, you know, in general, there was just going to be some kind of variance. Uh, now, I, I understand the panic because in the past, that's been a pattern with the Grizzlies. And to start it off, I do think they had some wide open shots. Uh, they weren't, they were allowing, but I think they kind of hunkered down and, you know, when a team gets hot, they get hot. And so, anyway, Grizz were able to pull it out and, and basically make it a non-contest in the third and going into the fourth. Yeah, I was going to say, you know Taylor Jenkins and Bud have a conversation. I'm sure Taylor called him up, was like, man, look here, man. You you guys already got that one seed locked up. <laughs> locked up. Throw, throw us a bone. Did the same thing in the bubble. You remember that game in the, the bubble when they played the Bucks and they said all our guys and the Grizzlies had to win that game uh, to to advance and, and, and get into the play-in, and they were able to do that. So they definitely I – th- I think he threw his guy a bone tonight. But, yeah, man, it, it kind of looked like same old Grizzlies for the last few games to start this game. I really struggle uh, – Bucks were knocking down shots, and we kind of seen that. But it wasn't – they had some open shots early, but the Grizzlies got better defensively as the game went on. Uh, Luke Nard said in a walk-off interview that he felt like they, they weren't just weren't – didn't come out ready. Uh, they probably just took them lightly. I mean, you playing the BC squad, you're probably thinking, all right, we, we just show up out here and we'll beat these guys. I think that's a little bit of what you saw. And I think when they saw the Bucks weren't backing down, um, I think the Bucks had a one-point lead, something like that at halftime. They were like, okay – we got we got to come out and play. Um, Luke said Taylor Jenkins really got on them at the half, um, and and you could see that because they came out with a much different effort in that second half. And man, just trip man. That's thirty eight points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, three blocks. Man, super efficient. Twelve eighteen from the field, five of six from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. Just ridiculous stuff, man. Seventy eight points. Um, in the last two games, his development is just ridiculous i tweeted this out i mean you go back and watch him in college he only averaged 10.9 now his per 40 minute numbers were really good but i knew his defense would translate but i never thought we would see a guy that would score 78 points in two games like the only thing that can stop jaron is himself if 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 he can stay out of foul trouble and this team gets in the basketball in his spots and give him the basketball when he needs to have it jaron the sky's the limit for him i mean he could and I know some people might think this sounds crazy, but Jerry could be an MVP candidate with what the, the, the way he plays on both ends of the floor. 
I mean, you just see it's just effortless. Like, he wasn't even, like, on the offensive end, especially. It was just easy, uh, 38 points tonight. Wasn't even going hard out there. I mean, it's just ridiculous, man, to think about his ceiling. And I've said time and time again that and a lot of people are starting to realize this, and, and I don't want to say that he's the best player on the team. It's hard to put it in words and that phrase what I really want to say, but I feel like this team, if they, if, in order to win a championship, I feel like Jaron probably needs to be, and I don't want to say leading scorer. I don't know what to say, but he, he needs to be the guy, especially late, late in games. If you're in a half court, if you're not getting up and down, feed him the basketball. I feel like this team really goes as he goes. John's going to do his thing. We, we know that, but in order for this team to, to, to go all the way, I, I think it goes through Jaron. Um, I, I feel confident in that. I've seen enough from him to know that he can do it. And I just hope the coaching staff and the team knows he can do it. And mentally that he can stay in the same headspace, stay out of foul trouble and just go out there and dominate on both ends. So I think it's probably so going along with you, I'm throwing stuff out there, but if, if we, if I think it's Isaac used to say all the time, get, get over the summer, had those guys locked in the gym and throw away, throw away the key. Yeah. If those two guys work on it, I'm not exaggerating. I kind of see like the Kobe Shaq meme of them like terrorizing the league. Uh, now, Jaw's not the same range of shooter that Kobe is, but in terms of scoring and 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 doing on teams, you kind of got that that range more with Jaren. I mean, he's a guy that can kind of maybe spread the floor more consistently than a Jaw can, at, th- at least at this point, uh, consistently. But but man, those those two guys, if they were to get on at the same time, uh, that's a that's trouble for the league. Yeah, I mean, it, it – uh, oh, go ahead, David. I don't know that we're far from that, really. I, I think that the the late struggles that you're seeing from and, – and not even necessarily – I don't know that I would call them struggles, but there's definitely a confidence thing with Ja right now. Jaron doesn't lack it. Ja is naturally more confident, I think. But right now, the confidence – from Jaron is at the highest level I think we've ever seen it. I I've noticed some different chatter, you know, see a little bit of foul trouble. Oh, you know, Jaron's reverting back to the Jaron of old. He's going to, you know, be crappy in the first round. And I have, I don't know. I don't think that that's going to happen again, man. I think that there are definitely still some things that he needs to mature in, but, I think a lot of the stuff that we were seeing early on in his career, we, we've witnessed him start to evolve from that. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to imply that he's completely past that at this point, but you got Jaron to the level that you need him to be. Now just let Ja kind of find that. And, and there would not be a better time. There will never be a better time for that to happen than right here in these playoffs that they're fixing to be in. I, I don't know if, if we're going to see it in the playoffs, but my prediction is if it doesn't happen in the playoffs, that sometime next season we're going to see that happen, and this team's going to be extremely scary. Yeah, it's it's scary to say it, man. You can just imagine seeing peak jaw and peak Jaron. I mean, this is the best team in the league, hands down. There's no question. If those guys are – Peak at peak level on a consistent basis together. You you're you're not stopping this team. Um, and to David's point, we've definitely seen a transition in Jaron's confidence uh, this season. Um, I, I I don't think he really on he's he's always he's had the confidence on the defensive end, but I don't think he had the confidence on the offensive end. And now I think he's starting to realize, man, these guys can't stop me. Like I've said it before, I'm the baddest MFR out here, and if I want to get to the basket and score. I'm going to do that. And there are very few guys that can stop him. We talk about AD. AD is one, and that could be a potential first-round matchup. So that could be tough. But there aren't many guys out there that that can really give him those type of problems. I mean, he's a mismatch pretty much all the time. Um, and the, the the things that he can do, you just – they don't call him a unicorn for no reason. The things that he can do are just special. Um, and, and he's now realizing that – I mean, you could even look at – we talk about the Golden State matchup all the time, and we, we've seen how he struggled with Draymond Green. No longer. That hasn't been the case. I, I think Draymond Green, for a long time, had this mental 
block over or something middle over him, and he just couldn't get past it. And I think in the last two games they played Golden State, we saw that he's blown through that, and that's a, one reason why I feel more confident this season about a Golden State matchup than I have in the past because Jaron is what's kind of the key to that. If you had even, I wouldn't even say peak level, Jaron, a little bit lower than that in those playoffs last year, you probably probably still won that series uh, because I, I think Jaron can carry this team. I mean, we've seen that in games this season where Jaws not really playing well, but you keep going to Jaron down the stretch, he's able to get buckets. Um, and that's something, again, that I'm excited to see in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting if they match up with the Lakers, though, because I think out of anybody, AD might be the person that would give him the most trouble. But I think that could be good for his development. Uh, see, can he get to that level to where he can can score against AD and not get in foul trouble? Um, I, I, doing that in a, in a, in a seven-game series, I think that could be good for him long term. I think that he's stronger than AD right now. And that that is, since the Lakers won that bubble championship, there have been times when you can watch AD play and it's like, okay, there he is. That's him. That's the guy that was in New Orleans with Boogie and they were both averaging like 20 and 20. There have been times when you've seen that, but there have been a lot of times where it just looks like he's playing super soft. Yeah, and- I think he t- he takes games off for sure. Yeah, and and he, he like may that. not. Yeah, you may not see that in the playoffs. He may not do that in the playoffs, but I feel like Jaron is stronger than him. Now, AD is is a hell of a player. He could still give him fits, but I, I like with what we've seen from Jaron recently, specifically. I I like him against anybody, and, and that's you know, there's going to be guys. There's always somebody that gives you issues, but. I think that he'll be okay. I think I, I agree with you, David. I, I do think that Jaron's stronger. Uh, I think Jaron is not as technically refined. So I think Jaron is kind of in his goes back to in his head, but it's partly in his head. It's almost like when he feels kind of that strength resistance where it's kind of like like this of oh, you're basically my size. I, I see I feel like he kind of shrinks in those moments almost like like his moment, his confidence kind of goes down. He doesn't feel as dominant um, if he's not able to physically dominate his opponent. And if he could just learn just a one, you know, one or two just small, really technique things for him, uh, that'll make a world of difference. So really, if he can have a healthy offseason and come back to the next season, I'm not worried about that. I, I feel like it's possible that, you know, depending on how you do the rotations and stuff anyway, that I think it's over, that it could be overcome because his team has just a lot of talent. Um, and they've got kind of what they need in Luke Kennard to kind of help offset any, you know, lows that they that might happen with Jaron. But um, I'd say that's the one difference between them at this point. But otherwise, I, I agree with you. And the, the biggest <clears throat> we, we're, we've been talking about John Jaron for the majority of the show so far, and we haven't even mentioned Desmond Bain as the third part uh, of this team. And what he, you know, he was super efficient tonight, six for 12 from the field, four for nine from three, eight rebounds, six assists, 16 points. And this is when this team is clicking, that's your third option. This is a guy that could easily average 20 and he's your third option. I don't know what this off season is going to bring. Have you guys seen the rumors about, Bridges, Miles Bridges. Is that real? Yeah, yeah I didn't know because I, I looked at it and I was like, man, there's somebody making a joke because they're trying to say John's yeah. had problems and Bridges has had problems. And I didn't really well, look at it because I just thought it was some, one of those clickbait things. But I I thought, it, yeah, and, and it may turn out to be, I'm not, this, this is more than likely not news. But th- this team is already like, we're, we're heading into the playoffs with the Grizzlies as the two seed in the West. And we've talked on this show a number of different times about the holes that you see from this team and the deficiencies that this team has. I, I don't in any way support bridges. I don't, if he never played another game in the NBA, I would be completely fine with that because what he done was so egregious. Yeah. I'm, I'm not out on it. Any but, kind of any kind of stuff like that. I'm, I'm not here, yeah. but talent wise, though. Here, here's the like, yeah. the The fact of the matter is, 
if your talent level is above a certain threshold, you're that, getting that's, another opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how it and that, that's what's going to happen, that he's going to get another opportunity. And the type of talent that he has would be a pretty ridiculous fit on this team. Also, I'm not going to campaign for it. I'm not going to, like, that will not be something you'll see me out here rah-rah cheerleading for because Miles Bridges as a person is a piece of crap. And, and I'm comfortable saying that. I typically don't say stuff that strong on this show, but there is video evidence of him being a piece of crap and, and that you can disagree with me on that. That's fine. I don't care if everybody that listens to this show agrees with me or not. There is something wrong with you if you do what he done. I'm not going to keep going down that path because that's not what this show is about. But this team is already incredible. If you see John Jaron figured out and then you have Desmond Bain as a third and then they add something this offseason, Luke Kennard is still under contract. He's going to be a Grizzly next year. So you're sitting there looking at this roster right now, the only free agent, the only person that you're at risk of losing this offseason is Dylan Brooks. If you replace him with a guy that has the talent that, that Miles Bridges has, I, I this team could win sixty five games, dude. Like I, it could. I think that I'm, I'm. I feel confident in saying that this team could win sixty five games if they had that kind of talent. If you you had a, a longer wing piece of this team that can play defense, which we know Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges can. Not necessarily that that's the guy because we know the off, off the court stuff, but potentially him in his talent level fitting that guy this lineup. I, I think that turns this team into the best team in the league. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I, I think the only thing this team to me is missing is length on a wing and a backup big. Uh, those are kind of the only things this team is missing. Um, and, and Miles Bridges, that's that's Jaron's guy. Uh, there was his roommate at, at Michigan State. Uh, they're they're really good friends. I don't know where. He stands on them since this situation happened. You haven't heard anything, seen anything about him, but they're really, really good friends. Uh, and and, I, and I've seen after in, after games when they played the Hornets, I've seen him and Job both chopping it up with him um, after the game. So that could be something that's true. I don't know. I, I just looked at it as a clickbait article. I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this team is not, not far off. I mean, they could win a title this year, but if you go out and add a, a couple pieces, I, I think it could really put this team over the top. And it's going to be interesting with with Dylan. It, right now, I, I would say they resign him because I think if if you're not going to bring anybody else in uh, that can play the, the type of defense that he he brings, you you have to bring him back. Uh, people can get upset and about the shots and, and everything like that, man. But you need him on this team because you just don't have the perimeter defenders out, outside of him. Uh, you got rid of two guys you had off the bench and Belton and Kyle that could defend on the perimeter. They just don't have that now, and he's really the only guy that you could say, okay, this guy's a, a guy. I mean, their guys, the Desmond Bain's not terrible, uh, but the only guy that you could say that's a lockdown defender outside of Jared in the paint on this team is Dylan Brooks. So if you're not going to replace him with somebody that can bring the requisite defense, your defense is really going to suffer if you lose him. So right now I would say he's back, but I, I don't know if they're going to – I feel like they're going to make another run at OG. I, I still don't think that's the guy. And now you're looking at a situation where he's going to be a free agent at the end of next season. So you got to pay him um, and extend him. And he's going to be looking for big bucks. I think he wants to be, if not number one guy, definitely number two guy. And he's not going to be that here. I just don't like the fit of that, but I got a feeling that they're going to make another run at him. The price tag is probably going to go down because of that contract situation. And that could be a guy they look to bring in and maybe they don't bring Dylan back. I, I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but they are a couple pieces away from really solidifying this team I, they're already a real contender, but you go out and, and, and attack those two weaknesses that we talk about length on the wing and, and a backup big. And I think this team is right there. When you talk about teams like Milwaukee, Boston, I think you put the Grizzlies right there. Yep. Yep. Especially because I think you'll, I actually think you'll see some progress from Luke and I know we don't look at Luke and as like a progression type player, like we do with all the rookies and things like that. But I, just with his playmaking and things that you see, I think they're going to, yeah, he's, uh, he's been awesome. Program. He has been absolutely incredible. And so I think you will see, I mean, sort of a step. I think it was maybe maybe not a leap, but an improvement. 
and Luke Kennard, he'll have another year in the system. I think you might even see him be better defensively because when you look at him on tape, I mean, the guy's generally in the right position and he's got good timing, got good instinct. He's just not athletic. So, you know, sometimes he's going to lose in certain matchups. But, uh, yeah, this team, I, I think, you know, I know we talked a lot about John, Jaron, uh, I think the key to a big part of the key to them is John figuring out how to play off ball. I mentioned that in the last episode and Jaron learning how to pass out a little bit more like him incorporating that into his game. Uh, that's a, that's a lethal team. And, and then you still got all the rookies. Like the, the, we talk about the progress from those, David Roddy, uh, will junior get contributing minutes? I don't know. He's making a case for himself in the minutes that he's getting for sure. Um, so I don't know, but, um, but anyway, real real exciting things when you're looking ahead to the Grizzlies, no matter what. But it's ex- extremely exciting because you're kind of seeing the flashes of them putting it together in real time right now. Like you're seeing the incredible uh, Ja just threw it up the somewhere to, to Jaren to start the game. That was pretty great. Uh, you're just seeing things click, and it and it's not consistent, right? It's not consistently clicking um, on all cylinders by any means. But I mean, around this time of year. Who is consistent? <laughs> Everybody's kind of gearing up for the playoffs, and it's just a weird time of year to base anything off of. Um, I've seen a lot of criticism of, of Jai lately, and like some people were already turning on him, like saying he's only had like, you know, at, I guess eight points at the time. Man, guys playing with a broken finger. So let's let's give Jai let's give Jai a break. I think he's still trying to figure out some things. We're talking about that. I think he's starting to figure out be able to pick a spots. I think he's being. I think. It's, it's slow, but if you're paying attention, I think you're doing a better job of playing off ball at times, saying, okay, we haven't had a bucket in a while. I'm going to go get this floater, right? Something as simple as that lets me know he's beginning to figure out the timing, how to get his shots within the flow of the offense. And I think you would have saw more of that if it's not for his injury, because uh, I think he had a pretty good feel for it. It would have been good to see how that continued over a longer stretch of time. But, but I'm encouraged by the, the flashes I've seen. Sorry, I, I'm a little distracted. I was I was looking after talk. I brought that up, and then I've been looking, just kind of reading about the Miles My, Bridges stuff. But yeah, I, I think that a little bit of inconsistencies heading in is not something that, that I'm overly concerned about. There, you, you talked about the the lob in the first half to Jaron, and then he had that one. It was in the second half. Jaron ended up missing it, but. Dude, I I didn't even think he was gonna catch it. Did do you guys remember that like that toss? Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, about, yeah. I was like, because both, both guys. <laughs> he did yeah. like so. It was a little bit late, and he and Ja freaking sailed that thing. Jaron Oman, like he was a, a half inch from it being an absolutely yeah. monster play. Uh, there, there's just so much. There's so much to look at whenever you're talking about the standings and who can be where and what. And I don't even know. I'm trying to kind of look at the, uh, the Mavericks game to see what's going on over there. If they're going to be eliminated or if they're going to be, uh, close here. I did. Well, I was going to say I'm losing. They lost to the bulls. Oh, the bulls in a winner. I thought the Mavs won that game. I I, I stopped looking at it. I thought they had it won. Bulls came back and won. Yeah. They want one fifteen to one twelve. Well, that, that, that locks up OKC is now the 10th seed. That, that's over with. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mark Cuban would have been in shambles had they won that game. He tried his best to tank it. <laughs> yeah, they said Luca was going to play the first quarter, and I didn't I didn't understand why at first, but they said it was Slovenian Heritage Night at the game, and that's why he yeah. wanted to play for the Slovenian fans that were coming to the game to see him play. So I, I respect that. But that that Dallas situation, man, I you go out and get – a, a top 10 player in the league and you already have a top 10 player in the league on your team. You're trying to go all in. Like that was a all in. We're trying to win a chip this year move and you get worse. Like, and he's probably walking. The only way he doesn't walk is if he just can't find that money somewhere else. And he c- comes back to him because he, he doesn't want to be there. I mean, it, it, you can just tell by his comments that he's looking to get out of there if he can. And it's just a, a mess. And I don't know what they do. I, I Luca's going to be upset. He's going to start, have a wandering eye here soon and looking to New York and Brooklyn probably to try to get out of there. Man, Cubans just messed that situation up, man. They don't have any defense. The roster is just super flawed. Like I, I don't know what they're going to do. And now they're taking to try to get a, a, a tent pick. Like that's going to really change their trajectory, man. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what they're going to do. I, I'd be pissed off right now if I was a Mavericks fan though. 
Yeah. And well, you know, the, the last couple moves that they are last few moves that they have made. And the Bronson thing was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then now, um, recently Cuban was like, Oh, everything was going good until the parents got involved. Yeah. Yeah. That Come ain't on, it, man. man. Like it's, <laughs> there, it's water under the bridge already. And now you're bringing up trying to blame the reason you didn't get a deal done on somebody else. And it's, it's just, it's not a good look. I, I have said this going back to the dirt days in Dallas. Dallas is one of those teams. I don't feel like they ever truly go all in, man. I think that they work around the fringe and try to put just enough. The year that they won the championship with Dirk, they had no business winning that championship. They were not the best team in that finals. Oh, no. But there there was no reason for that team to win that championship. They really got beat them that the right time. And it just yeah, – I, I don't know, man. It's – I don't feel like since as an owner, you see him in the limelight more than a lot of the other owners, but I don't think that management wise that that organization handles things in the best manner. And it's not like Dolan type stuff in New York. I'm not implying that, but if you go back over the course of of Dirk's career, I think there are times when the Mavericks were in a place to, go out and add pieces around him. And he, there were times when he had good people there with him, but they needed just, they were one piece away a number of different times and they never went out and got that piece. And, and I don't feel like that they made moves to go out and get that piece. Sound like another team in that city that I have a love hate relationship with. Um, similar. Listen, That team ain't that team has not been one piece away since the nineties, bro. That other team they hadn't. Romo was never gonna get there. He was not good after December. That's just how it is. Man. And I, I love Dak. They need to trade him uh, to Tampa Bay right, so he can right, win Baker, something. All right, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, hey. <laughs> and look, I'll take him over some Kyle Trash. We went down on a on a tangent here. Talk, started talking about the Mavericks and now we're talking about the Cowboys. Yeah, let's bring it on back. It ain't Cowboy even football Nation. season. Well, Cowboy Nation always, man. Season. You know it. You know it. <laughs> they did, yeah. So the, the the biggest thing that we're waiting on right now is who are the Grizzlies going to play? Who's that matchup going to be? And it's still you have New Orleans at forty two and thirty nine, Golden State's at forty two and thirty eight, the Lakers are forty one and thirty nine. So you still have that five to eight seed is still undecided. So I I see people posting tickets for sale already. I know somebody posted something earlier, section one oh three, they were asking like seven hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah, it's and, nuts. and you don't even know don't know who they're playing yet. Yeah. Well, you know, if you know, if you buy if you buy those tickets now and you get a Lakers, bargain. Yeah, you, you get a bargain. Yeah, yeah, like you you may be able to flip them and make make some money, but if it ends up if it, being if it's New Orleans, New Orleans <laughs> Yeah, and you overpaid. Like, yeah, you, you overpaid for him, yeah. on that one. So like, it's it's weird, man. I I don't uh, I don't understand that. I you know people out here trying to make money. I'm not gonna hate the hustle. You do what you got to do to try and make money. But I, I feel sorry for anybody that's dropping seven hundred dollars on tickets when you don't even know who the opponent is. And, and we yeah. we kind of discussed this. You guys are both, Candace. I might be wrong. Did you say out of the teams? For, so from five to eight, you got the Clippers. The Warriors, the Pelicans, the Lakers. Who would you prefer? Timberwolves can't. Uh, yeah, Timberwolves. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they can have still to get there. They have the they have the tiebreaker, and they play the Pelicans in their last game. So if they if they win that game, they're they they move ahead of the Pelicans. If they if they win that last game of the season, yeah, but so. they got to have a lot of stuff happen, right? Because you got no. the Clippers, Golden State. No, they'll move into they'll move into eight, and the Pelicans will move to nine. Yeah, yeah, so, but you still got that the play in. So, so yeah. the, what I'm saying is, I'm saying the play in. Most people are expected to be Lakers Pelicans, but it could yeah. it could very well be Lakers Timberwolves. I yep. mean that that's possible because the game is in Minnesota, and they if they win that game, they'd end up tied. And they have the tiebreaker, so Pels would move to nine, and they would move up to eight, and it would be Lakers 
Timberwolves instead of Lakers Pelicans. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're we're looking. Are you are you all like? Do you want the Pelicans first round? Is that where you're at with it, Isaac? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely out of the out of that group. That's definitely number one. Um, and, and and we we haven't. I can't believe we going this far in the, into the show without mentioning Stephen Adams. Uh, there was a Bucks beat reporter uh, that put a tweet out early in the game about five o'clock, a couple of hours for the game, said that Stephen Adams was out on the floor warming up and then the Bucks had some kind of, I think a local band there. Like, I don't know if it's a high school band or something at the game said that Steven Adams was yelling at him to play, play some country music. Um, and then they put a photo out and he was out on the court warming up, no brace on the knee or anything. So I kind of take that as a positive. Uh, I, I just think if the MRI came back negative, I, I don't know if they'd have him out, out there working out without a knee brace. Now we've seen crazy stuff happen. You say that. And then the next thing you know, you have a report that he's not coming back. Like you just, Never know, but I feel I feel good about that. Uh, and I think, especially you going against the Pelicans, you, I think they could beat the Pelicans without Stephen Adams personally. Even yep. if he didn't play at all, I think they could still beat them. But if you had Stephen Adams in that game, even if he's coming out the bench, that just makes it even more uh, dominant because they just don't have what you need inside. And I don't think Zion's going to play. Um, they, they've already ruled him out for the play-in game, and they're saying that there's no timetable. I, I don't see him playing in a first-round series, which probably means we're not going to see him at all because I don't think they get out of the first round. I don't care who they match up with, even if they get out of the play-in. So um, the Pelicans are definitely who who you want. Um, the Timberwolves are, are a tricky one for me because it's not that I think the Grizzlies would lose to them or anything. I just don't like – it was ugly basketball, man. Those games were grueling. Their fans are super weird. It's just we've been there, done that, man. I just rather – see something else man i don't, I don't want to be in minnesota now man i just i don't want any of that so give me the pelicans uh and i guess outside of that the, the other big one is probably probably going to be the lakers i think that's probably the most likely right now and i mean i'll take that smoke uh, i would love to to be able to knock lebron out um in the playoffs because that i think even though that team's going to be a, a, a seven seed or whatever if they come out and they do match up with the grizzlies People still look at that like people are saying that that team can win a championship. Like yeah. I, I, I'm all on the radio this morning. Jay Williams talking about Lakers, Lakers Warriors, and I'm like, you're talking about team six, seven, eight seed, and talking about the Grizzlies aren't for real. I mean, I I want to call in so bad, man. They were just talking all kind of reckless on there this morning, man, and not giving the Grizzlies any credit. So I would love to be able to knock the Lakers out because you, if you play the Lakers, you're going to be in the forefront of the media, and if you beat that, that's going to get a lot of publicity for your team. If you end up playing the Pels without Zion or you beat the Timberwolves, people are just going to say, oh, what are you supposed to, you the Grizz, you're supposed to beat them anyway. But if you beat the Lakers or the Warriors, it, it's just different. Um, and, and you'll get credit. I'm tired of people saying this team hasn't done anything. And if you beat the Pels or the Timberwolves, that's what they're going to say. Oh, well, those are just two series you're supposed to win. So Pels are definitely the one I want. But I mean, if we match up with the Lakers, man, I'm, I'm not scared of that smoke, man. Give me the Lakers and we'll, we'll pack them up in five, two, five or six, two. So. More like the six, but but like but, U-Haul. You said what? Said back them up like U-Haul. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I'm team. I'm team Pels. It, I just find it interesting how these teams, and I get. I mean, it's the greatness of the players. It's it's really what gets the the hype. They the players are proving it. So I get to some extent you gotta you gotta respect it. But I saw on ESPN today, just tonight, they were saying if if the Warriors win tonight. They're making a final. Yeah, they're gonna make it to the finals. I was like, what? Who was that? Uh who was that that said that? Bun Tim? Tim, uh, yeah. Tim yeah. I'm, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> For the worst role team is I know. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. And is, yeah, is Wiggins even like is he back with the team yet at all? Yeah, yeah. I saw him. Yeah, I saw him warming up a pregame. Yeah, I think that last game was last game shooting around. Like that there's no way that dude's in shape right now. There's just no like he's not completely out of shape, but he's not in game shape right now. That it's yeah. I, I don't know it may never happen. The Grizzlies may win a title and then all we hear on the on national media is how it was a fluke. And then they could go back to back and then be like they're the luckiest back-to-back champions in the history. <laughs> and then they three-peat. Three I can't believe this team three. It's yeah. like n- no matter what they do, they're not going to get that national media recognition. And and to be honest with you, I'm I'm fine with it because the, you know, Kendrick Perkins, 
one day the Grizzlies are like uh, a steaming pile of dung, and then you know they're like the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, just, first off, first said the Lakers yeah. would beat them in a series. That's what he's saying now, and he was all about the Grizzlies last year. Talking about they're in the dark and all this crazy stuff. Now he's talking about the Lakers are beat them. Like, come on, man! Like he he flip flops more than the Memphis weather, man. Every other yeah. day he has. Something different to say. He was hating on Ja. Then he was back on him a couple of weeks ago. It's yep. ridiculous, man. man it's crazy. Yeah, game. He was all on. Yeah, all on him again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay. I'll stay on that side. I, I, I don't even like using that phrase like that. But seriously, for Perk, stay on that side. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, for for any of man, like if you like don't, don't flip flop, right? Like you, you can look at a team and you can critique a team and point out their weaknesses. But don't one day say that, you know, you're mentioning contenders and this team is a pretender. And then the very next day or in the same week, turn around and be like, oh, well, you know, they, they beat the Blazers. So now, now they're uh, a real contender instead <laughs> yeah. of a pretender. I, I, I just don't want to hear that, man. And I, I would love to know. Out of the the national analysts that talk about basketball, the number of Grizzlies games that they actually watch this year, the national ones, eighteen. I can take the answer. I, 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 I bet it's not even that many, dude. I no, would bet that's that it's what, not no. even that many. And that's you know, like I have league pass. I watch a lot of basketball, so I, I'll watch East Coast games, like first half of East Coast games, typically before the Grizzlies tip. And then when the Grizzlies game is over, if we're not podcasting, I'll watch West Coast games. But I have I have teams that I like watching. I I like there are certain broadcast teams that I just can't stomach. Cause I'd rather jab two number two lead pencils into my eardrums and listen to some of them. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers but, guys are so bad. God oh, bad. dude, I I don't get how some of these these folks have a job, honestly, man. But anyway, that that's neither here nor there. But you know, like I I watch a lot of basketball. And and I would bet everything that I own that I watch more basketball than these guys that are on here talking about the Grizzlies. And it just you you can't it's impossible to watch all thirty teams. I'm not gonna sit here like I've not watched many Minnesota games this year, but the games that I've watched, Minnesota's been bad. They put Gobert and Cat together, Cat's been out a lot, and there's still a lot of figuring out for them. And you know, East Coast, I've watched a lot of Cleveland. A lot of the Knicks, Boston and Milwaukee, not so much. But I, I know Boston and Milwaukee are tough teams. Like I don't have to watch them every night to know that they're tough teams. And you would think a team that's setting second in the West, when they've had so many missed games from their starters, that you would be able to give them some kind of credit. This team had you were missing Jaron at the beginning of the year. Desmond Bain has missed extended time. John Morant missed time. Dylan Brooks missed time. Steven Adams, like pretty much each member of their starting lineup has missed time this year. And they're still sitting in second place and they get no kind of love. None. Yeah. In fact, I, in fact, it's, it's really funny just hearing the criticisms of the, of the Grizzlies to your point in terms of playoff. Like you listen to ESPN house just another day. <laughs> and I don't know why I did that, but anyway, they, uh, we're talking about, you know, basically just how the Grizz don't have any shooting and how they have Desmond Bain, but they don't really yeah. have any shooters. I'm going, yeah, I heard this this morning. I was like, at the track. Yeah. <laughs> they were talking about this this morning on, on, yeah. on, on Keyshawn and, uh, and Jay, uh, Jay Will. They were talking about they ain't got no shooting for Desmond Bain. If he's not missing shots, they're done. I'm like, well, we got the best three point shooter in the NBA percentage wise on the team. You have no idea, I guess, because they didn't even yeah. mention he named, he named like four or five guys. He's like, well, Jerry can shoot three sometime, but he streaked. didn't mention Luke Kennard at all. But that actually okay. makes me excited about this particular playoff run is knowing that because before, you know, there was there was Ja, there was Dez, and then there was Dylan. But but now I think there's it's Ja, of course, Jaron. Uh then there's still Luke, um, in terms of who is gonna knock down that open shot. Uh it's it's, it's more likely to be a Luke Kennard. And, and when it is Dylan, sometimes it seems like it's a, a lot of times it's Luke 
that's been assisting Dylan lately. I've been paying attention to that. And I don't know if Luke kind of like, you know, anoints that ball or whatever, but <laughs> it's more <laughs> like <laughs> She said he is anointed. He ignores it. He put that, put, put that oil on it for the game. <laughs> Saint, Saint Luke out there with the <laughs> No nah, man, that's Jake, that's Jake Laravia, man. He's the one leading the leading the faith the faith and family night, Jake Laravia out there. <laughs> But he, yeah. he does something because it goes in for Dylan. You, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, but Luke Luke has just been uh, amazing, man. I, I think when you look back at climbing and the moves that they made, I think getting Desmond Bain at 30 is probably the best move. But this Luke and R trade, I don't think anybody – like, I knew he would help because this thing was just so devoid of shooting that they needed a guy, but – I had no idea that he would have this type of impact because of, I, I knew that he was a good player. I saw what he was doing in Detroit, watched him at Duke. But this dude was getting DNP CDs uh, in, in, in the, with the Clippers, and he's just coming here and just been a revelation. Um, I mean, become a fan favorite. I'm sure he probably never thought he would be getting this kind of attention. And, and I tweeted this out for, right before we went on here. Like, of all the negativity around his team and – thinking that possibly they had lost kind of that culture they built. This We always talk about the culture in this team and how close this team was. I, I think how quickly Luke came in here and fit in. I mean, he just feels like one of the guys. Feels like he's been here the whole time, and I think that goes to show you that that culture hasn't gone out the door. I, I think these guys do genuinely like each other, and I know that sounds cliche, but that's not the case everywhere. All these teams, all these guys don't like each other. They don't have the same type of camaraderie that this team has and people hate on it. They call it corny, like the dancing and stuff in the tunnel. And I, why are you hating on the team having fun? Like, I I don't get that, man. People just need to find something else to talk about. Like, they're, they're, they hate on the team. Like, oh, that's corny. They're dancing in the tunnel. Like, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, these are young guys having fun, man. Number two seed in the West after all they've been through. These guys can dance all they want to, man. It, it kills me when I see stuff like that. Like, like why are you hating on these guys? Is it jealousy? Like, I don't know what it is, man, but I, I love – that that about this team that that's what makes this team different because everybody is not doing that this team generally loves each other and they have fun with each other man i've always loved that and and even though they've had some some wild stuff happen this season man i, I don't think that's going out the window at all and, and to your point i mean cool luke just with a quiet you know 19 points five yeah, just, four rebounds <laughs> just quietly out here leading the plus and minus for the whole team including jaron who had 36 points tonight I mean, he does that on a regular basis. So it's just, it's, it's really incredible. Uh, but I actually wanted to, to, to ask you guys something before we get out of here. It was sort of a discussion, or it's it's been leaning a discussion, uh, at least on Twitter. Um, is this team better with Ja is option one or two? Man, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a dangerous conversation around here, man. Yeah. You get some people get some people upset with you, man. Depending on what your answer is, but it's it's. It's nuanced. It's hard to to kind of say it definitively, but I've been saying for weeks. Uh, when, when we saw what Jaron was doing during the time that Jaw was out, that solidified to me. I really do feel like this team goes as Jaron goes, and and I don't know if that necessarily means that he's the best player on the team, but I feel like he's more important. I, I feel like his what he does is what raises the ceiling. Jaw is going to be Jaw. But in order for them to go past that, I, I think it's on Jaron. So it, it's – I think if this team wins the championship, I really do feel like Jaron is probably going to be the best player. If you kind of look back at how they had success, that that's kind of where I put it. David? Kobe had to have Shaq or Powell, whichever one of those that you want to go with. Jordan had to have Pippen. When you look at the history of this game, you know, Magic, Kareem, Bird, Mikhail, it was always like you have a guy that is superstar talent. Michael Jordan, no doubt about it, best player on his team. Michael Jordan get, couldn't get it done without Pippen. Larry Bird, no doubt about it best player on his team. Could he get it done without Mikel? No. Like it's not it's not a one and two type thing. Ja is a superstar on this team. I think that Ja is the best player on this team. 
And I think a lot of people would agree with that, but I 100% agree with the point that Isaac was trying to make. It's very slippery in the way that you word it. You need Ja to be Ja Morant for this team to be a championship team. But if Jaron Jackson does not reach peak Jaron Jackson, this team's ceiling is not a championship. And that that's where, you know, Ja, to me, Ja is the best player. But you have to have Jaron at his best for this team to be at its best. So I think it's more of a, a 1A, 1B type thing. And, and I'm not trying to, to cop out. If we're talking like closer fourth quarter, I said on the last show, I think that that should be Jaron because of the number of mismatches that you can get from him. But you made a good point, and when you said it was kind of situational, like it depends on who they're matching up against and what's happening, that's 100%. Basketball is all situational. When you ask a question, a lot of times you're asking in a vacuum and in real life, this game is played on the floor. It's not in a vacuum. So there are so many outside factors that help you determine that decision. It, it would, for me, it would depend on the night. Like, are we talking about Jaron the way that he was playing tonight in Milwaukee? Because then the answer is hands down Jaron. Every time he shot a three, he knew it was going in. There was no doubt. Like, he, he shot it, he knew it was going in. He was getting anywhere and everywhere that he wanted and getting everything that he wanted. So if Jaron is clicking like that, the answer is Jaron. But we have witnessed Ja do the same thing where he's clicking and not in the not the exact same manner because the skill sets are different. But we have witnessed Ja get to that point where he can go and get whatever he wants. So it's it's situational to me. I I won't say you know, Ja over Jaron or Jaron over Ja. I think it's one A, one B. Yeah, if if this team wins a, a if this team wins a championship this year, I, I think when when you look back, I, I think it's gonna you're gonna be talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at on. I mean, and I think a part of it has to be that you expect certain things from Ja, but again, I think Jaron is a ceiling raiser, and I think in order for this team to get there, he has to go nuclear. I, I think Jaron has to be. I don't know. He he doesn't have to score forty points or thirty six points, but you need him around 25, 28, I think, because he he has that type of ability. And he has that every night. If you if you get in the ball in his spots and, and get in the ball where he needs to have it, he can do that every night. And that's what this team needs. And we've seen it at times, just haven't seen it consistently. It, and it just seems like it mostly happens when Jaws down on the floor. Now you've seen a concerted effort. There, there was some beautiful plays between them two tonight. It was one lob that, that 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 was one of the best plays that I've probably seen from them in, in the two man game. Uh, but again, I think if if they win a championship this year, I think you're going to look back and talk be talking about how great of a playoff playoffs Jared Jackson Jr. had. Y'all just sound like y'all sitting on the fence. It, <laughs> I, I will be the one to say it because everybody sounds so scared. I, I think it is Jared. I think I think Jared is option one. Now I kind of agree with you were saying, David, in terms of one A and one B. I think in terms of on the court, it's got to be Jared. Uh, go, go ahead, go ahead and come up on the fence with us. If all you right. agree with my one A and one B, come one up. One A, one B. All right, we'll go, Jaron. We'll go, we'll go, Jaron. One, Ja, two, and I think that has a lot to do with the two way value. To be honest, two way value. Yeah, the size yeah. that Jaron brings. As great as a player as Ja, ja is offensively, and some of the strides we've seen him make defensively, especially when he wants to. I still think that's going to be Jaron at the end of the day. Uh, if he's your ceiling raiser, then I think he should be option one. Uh, it's a it's a nice way to put it to say it's still job, but I, I feel like that's the that's got to be the it's got to be one of the guys. Now both of them can still eat, both of them can still dominate, and they've got to figure out how to dominate together. We talk about that all the time, uh, so that won't say that job won't be job anymore. I think that job's importance is leading the team, you know, being himself, being that spark. Uh, and really, I know everybody talks about Dylan Brooks as the cultural leader of the team, but I think this team is better off with kind of job being that, like him being that guy. He's got it in him. And I feel like he kind of he needs to find a balance between doing that off the court and on the court. But uh, it is bold take. Grizz Twitter can come at me. But but I think 
that's really where this team is from what we've seen from Jaron. Now, we've seen it more consistently from Ja. So for that reason, it's a hot take, so to speak, because Jaron hasn't been able to produce at this level consistently. Now, part of that is because of Ja. But I think we'll begin to see that evolve a little bit, and I think it'll become more and more clear. It's already a discussion. It's already a question mark. And I think Ja's questioning it himself for good reason. I think there'll be a, a, a really good balance, a really good harmony. Um, and ultimately, I don't think Josh should get affected in his performance at all as a result. But it's a great thing for the Grizzlies. And it's a great thing that there even is a discussion. Like, there was a discussion about who can close. We included Dez in that conversation as we should have. Uh, this team just has a ton of talent. And there are not a lot of teams that have three realistic options that can get 25 points a night. Now, there's a lot of duos in the league now. But the super teams didn't work. So the Grizzlies are in a rare position to have three big talents that are all young and under contract for the foreseeable future. So I I, I want to go, but before we get away from this conversation about the the one versus two, I want to go to the Bucks situation. Would you guys agree or disagree that Giannis is hands down, no doubt, the best player on that team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I don't, I don't think there's any question. Who, who has the ball in their hands when they're closing in the fourth quarter? It's Chris Middleton. It's Chris Middleton. Giannis knows. Giannis knows. He that, like he was asked about that. I, I'll go and find the interview, and I'll, I'll send it to you guys. That Chris Middleton has a ball in his hands in the fourth quarter because he's more versatile than Giannis. And John Morant is an amazing, incredible talent, but Jaron Jackson is more versatile. And so, you know, that that's why when you're asking me who should close, it should be Jaron because he is more versatile. And and it's not because that's not to take anything away from John Morant. But if, if I need a three to win the game, and you give me a choice between yeah, John between Ray John, and Jaron Jackson. Definitely, Jr., definitely give it to Jaron. It's it's a hundred million times out of a hundred million times I'm picking Jaron. Not saying that Ja wouldn't be capable of knocking down that shot periodically, but if my life depended on it, I want Jaron Jackson Jr. taking that shot. And, and that's guys have to understand and accept their role. And, and that's Ja kind of Gosh dang, man! I don't know the best way to word this because it's it's so, I guess, conceding the the fact that Jaron is the best option. Ja being willing to concede that point is going to be crucial for this team. Can he concede that point and maintain his confidence? If he can, this this team can win championships. If he can't, then it might be an issue. You know, we, we haven't had anything like that with this team because of the culture. And so I I hope that that's not something that comes up, but when it comes down to winning in the regular season versus winning in the playoffs, you have to know your role and you have to be able to accept it. And and that's something there will be times when I I feel like a broken record because we said this some last night, there's going to be times when it's called 12, but there's also going to be times when it's going to be call 13 and Ja's going to have to be okay with that. I mean, yeah, I think it, it hinges on Ja. Uh, ja has to concede that, as you said, and, and I'm not sure he's fully accepted that yet. I, I think he's coming to grips with it. Um, I, I think even if you saw the comments that he made in that interview, I think he understands that. But his pers- personality-wise, and we've talked about that a lot, as, as David said, it sounds like a broken record, and I know I've been – talking about this on Twitter and in the spaces and saying this over and over, but he has to, to, to come to grips with that. And, and when he does come to grips with that, with that, this team is just going to take off like a rocket uh, because I mean, that's the best version of this team is when you, at times you, at, at the right times you call 12 at the right times you call 13. Uh, and that's what this team needs to be. They got, they have to find that balance and, I just hate that we're still talking about this late in the season because going to the playoffs, you wish they had already figured it out because you'd be at playing peak basketball at that point. But it's just something I think that's going to be a work in progress all the way through the playoffs. And can you continue to win games even when you're figuring it out? They have the talent to do it, but they have to do it. Um, And that's just that's the only question I've said over and over that 
the only thing to me that stops this team is themselves. I mean, everything else is in place. They just got to figure out how can they get play peak basketball. And that is what it, the main thing that it hinges on is them figuring out that dynamic. And again, it, it's hard to get, again, I'm, I'm riding the fence. I know the pick one or two, I, I think there are times where each one of them can be that guy, and but they have to do it at the right times, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I'd agree with that. And, and, and I say, I think, it, I think it's really, I know you're just, it's a good point, Isaac, about being disappointed. We're still talking about this this late in the season, but honestly, I don't think if Ja has everything happened to him, that it's, it's a realistic possibility the way that we need it to be. Uh, I think yeah, yeah, working on humbling himself. So what there? Yeah, no, that, no, that's great. If, if Ja doesn't have that stuff, we don't see the version of Jaron that makes us have this conversation. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. I, well, I really do. I, I, I well, I'm, can, can go I, go ahead. Yeah, go I, ahead. I agree, but I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree, but I'll disagree. We've seen flashes of Jaren every time Ja goes out like this. So what's the difference this time? The difference is it was a huge ordeal, right? Why he went away? Him reevaluating his home, like his self, his team. Like at this point, he he he's kind of the place where he had to question and reevaluate everything. And so did Taylor Jenkins, for that matter. I think I'm not sure if Ja doesn't go away for the reason why he went away, that he really it kind of begins to even try to come to grips with that real process. Because again, every time Ja, we see it every year, every time Ja has gone out, it's always reverted back to before from a coaching perspective and from a job perspective. I think this time is different. And I and I feel like a lot of what Ja is doing and his mental health and rethinking his mindset and rethinking his decisions has a lot to do with him trying to be humble enough to reconsider what his role looks like on this team. Whereas before, I don't I'm not sure he questions it. Yeah, I I want to throw this in here. This is changing subject away from what we're talking about, but I know a lot of Grizz Nation is not gonna like this, but you, we're about to get Jitty with it in the playoffs, man. Two, <laughs> two, two big time games from Jitty, man, tonight. Man. Uh, what do you have about Let me, let me get this stat line out. 13.7 rebounds. Let me find the mute button assists, on this, dude. We ain't in the six, show like six this. Six of eight, six of eight yeah, from the field, three for three. He, he's playing as long as Taylor okay. Tyler Jenkins, as long as Taylor Tyler Jenkins, is, I'm, I'm, he was going to play anyway, but now the man is showing out. Late, like he knows, he knows what he's doing. He was like, "Man, I'm just gonna coast it." Then I'm gonna get these these last two three games. Conchar is a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's a he monster. Is, he in that rotation, man. Whether y'all like it or not, man. That's, that's happening. We getting jitty with it in the playoffs. Uh, I know. Oh, shout out to my guy Dez, who is the the leader of the Conchar Hate Club. But yeah, man, we gonna see Jitty out there, man. There, there's no question about that. Yeah, I. Regular rotation <laughs> minutes. If everybody's healthy, there's no way, dude. I don't. I don't. See man, it he's at playing. All. I'm telling you, man. There's oh, no way he's playing. Did you question that? You question he playing? Oh, he's playing. He's playing, he's playing, man. He played last year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he played last year. Like he extended the rotation. He getting jitty in there, man. There's, he's just gonna do it. It's he's just it doesn't matter right? what's going. Eleven man in the playoffs. He's getting minutes. Yeah, like he's no way. So shout uh, out to the con- shout, shout out to the Cunchites, man. <laughs> there are none left. The island was a <laughs> Uh what's up? What, what's my guy? What's my guy's name on Twitter? That's one. I forgot what his name is. Shout out to my guy. I can't remember what his name is, but he he's still hanging on, man. He, he's probably about, about the only one left. Yeah, but oh, I, man. I will wow. say Go ahead. Are, turn it to the Jitty Show. <laughs> <laughs> man, shout out to my guy, man. We ain't on him all year. He, he coming through uh, in, in these big games, man. Bus win game tonight. Jitty putting up a big line, man. So shout out, shout out to my guy, man. Jerry Jones, Tony Romo, and John Conchar, baby. We got everything tonight. Everything. Running the gamut, man. All the way around. I, I will say that Conchar is, I think, I think he's adjusting back to the role he should be in. They're playing him more like the guy he should be. I think it took him a minute. I think it threw him. Kind of be, you know, be being that consistent of an offensive option and having that pressure on him like that. Luke's back and Luke settled in, and I think John Conchar is resting in, you know, feeling like he can be. Yeah, yeah, man. Play the guy guy where he's supposed to be. This this is the guy (laughs) I think he's gonna be. Uh, 
That's how we ended it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say, That's I'm how we ended it. All right. David, all right. David, was the, David was the one that was still. He was the one that was still in on him. Me, me and you been off of him. Now he's off of him. Like, come I, on. Man. It's just like if the team's healthy. If the team like you, you look at the numbers and like recently that it has not been the case. But throughout the course of the season. When he's been on the floor, it's been positive impact. There's been a stretch here where that has not been the case, but playoff rotation wise, no, like he he just he's man, not a guy. That advanced analytics, have. man. Advanced yeah. analytics, man. Yeah. Gotta 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 look yeah. at look, look at the numbers. Get ready yeah. for that fly by by Rudy Atchamore. <laughs> flies by and Rudy sinks it in. Nah, look, Jitty gonna block it. Just wait. Yeah, man, he get that block. But Gri- Grizzlies gonna win a big game in the playoffs because of John Conchar, and, and I'll be laughing at y'all. That's what man, lock it up, man. Got five steals tonight, man. Lock it up, man. Oh. <laughs> got got <laughs> so we. We appreciate you tuning in. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Dwell 2 1. You can find me at Candace H901. Isaac, take us out. Yeah, the Grizzlies have their finale um, on Sunday, 2 30 p.m. at Oklahoma City. Uh, the, the Thunder have locked up that spot, so neither team has any reason to play their guys. So it's going to be that makes it even more interesting if OKC had needed. To win this game, I think it they probably win it with the Grizzlies set guys out, but Grizzlies might be able to pick up a 50-second win. Uh, now that both guys are resting, it'll be kind of more even, so that'll make the game a little bit more interesting to be see see who plays in that game. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac double underscore NBA, I-S-A-A-C underscore underscore NBA. You can get the show at Ethos Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. We definitely appreciate that. Um, and we'll be back for a post game uh recapping the thunder game and looking back on the season and getting ready for the playoffs we should find out who the grizzlies will be playing probably on th- tuesday night i think it's probably going to end up being the lakers and again man that's going to put a spotlight um on team i think it's a uh, a lot to gain from that optics wise I-, I would just love to shut some of these national media guys up these laker fans grizz nation get ready they're going to be in your mentions all over twitter that's going to be a thing so get ready for that but i'm excited for it um, and, and, and can't wait, man. We can't wait to break it all down here on the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. So until next time, we go. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.